SMQBs. This is episode 75, the Diamond Jubilee episode, and it is a good one. A really nice tribute to the late Bill Russell. We discuss the Kyler Murray contract saga. Also get into a little English Premier League soccer preview. And then Brian Pope is back to take on the Live Golf Tour. We have a punchable face of the week and another Ted Lasso. Check it out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. SMQBs, this is episode 75, the Diamond Jubilee episode. Who would have thunk it? I mean, three, three quarters of the way there, brah. I mean, ah. 75 <laughs> episodes. Good work, everybody. That's that's impressive. Yep. So, all right. House, this one might be for you because our number 75 is brought to you by someone from Temple, Texas. <laughs> who was a four-time Super Bowl champion, oh, a two-time what? Defensive Player of the Year. Mean Joe Green? A, yes. Very well done very nice. from the Steelers. How Eagles could it fan. not be Joe Green? The, the, uh, the uh, combo of being a Steelers and an Eagles fan. So mm, there you go. You right. greatest, greatest commercial of all time? Well, yeah, that's right. Let's go. Yeah, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in '69, NFL Man of the Year in '79, five-team first-time All-Pro, three-time second-team, ten-time Pro Bowler, '70s All-Decade Team, '75th Anniversary Team, hundredth Anniversary Team. His number was retired. He's an all-time Steeler, and he's in the Steelers Hall of Honor. Etc. Etc. 181 games, 172 started, 77 and a half sacks, 16 fumble recoveries, and one interception. So that's uh, is there even a close there. second at number 75? Yes, there is actually. Hmm. How about Deacon Jones? Oh, that's a right. close second. That's, yeah, that's a, a close second. Yeah, yeah, or Lomas Brown. Nah, not as not, not as quite. well known, but Deacon Jones certainly is, yeah, a, is Deacon a close. Jones. Close second, but I think uh, again the uh, the Coca Cola commercial put him over the edge. Commercial, <laughs> <So. laughs> great commercial. What are milk, you guys dude, talking about? What milk doesn't even know. <laughs> oh, <thank God. laughs> what? Oh my God! Oh, my God. oh boy! Who's Mean Joe Green? Yeah. Oh boy. Well, listen. Uh, that's all uh, fun and games, and Mean Joe Green certainly was uh, a lot of fun. But we got to go to a little bit of a somber start. Rooster, we're we're not just pouring one out. We got to do some tributes. Yeah, what a sad, sad day. Um, Bill Russell died Sunday in his sleep at age eighty-eight. And I, if you measure success by winning, Bill Russell has to be the goat of the NBA. Um, he won two NCAA championships at San Francisco, of all places. He followed that up by winning the gold for the U.S. in 1956 and then joined the Celtics later that season. Back then, they they played the Olympics and started the NBA season, you know, while the Olympics were going on. And the young, you know, the rookies joined the team late. So he joins the team in 56 
and plays 13 years for them. And in those 13 years, having not won a championship in the years before him, they won 11 out of 13 and played the Hawks, I believe, twice and lost for the other two because Russell was hurt in one of those games. Hmm. From In an eight-year stretch, 1959 to 1966, they won eight consecutive titles. And Russell was the league MVP five of those years. He totally transformed the NBA. People don't give him enough credit um, because he was not an attention seeker. He never dunked because he didn't like to bring attention to himself. He never sought cheers from the crowds. He wouldn't sign autographs. He wouldn't do all the stuff that players know to do if they want to be beloved. He was just a serious, serious basketball player. And um, he did. He transformed the league because before him, centers were just plotting guys who never jumped and just clogged the lane. And he was a de- defensive genius. He really was. He, he coached his team from, from his rookie year on pretty much on the floor. And, and, uh, you know, generated the fast break by telling his guys, his wing guys, I want you to be in the same spot on every, when the ball goes up, I'm getting it. And I'm just going to throw it to that spot and you're gone. Don't even, don't even look for me. It's coming right to you. And the Celtics became one of the first fast break teams in the six, in the sixties. When Red Auerbach retired, he made uh, Russell the first black head coach, not just in basketball, but in any major North American sport team. There, I think there was a black um, coach in the in the NFL before the NFL was a legitimate league back in the 40s or so. But he was the first in a, in a major league uh, in, in all of North America. Um, and at the same time, was a real active as Pope's photo behind him will show you real active in the civil rights movement. In fact, maybe next to Muhammad Ali, he was the most famous celebrity who was engaged in the civil rights movement. Um, he marched with Martin Luther King. He stuck up, he, he stuck up for Ali when Ali got all that crap for changing his name from Cassius Clay. And he, and believe me in Boston, which is back then was a, tough place for a black athlete, superstar athlete to be. He got all kinds of crap for that. People broke into his house and defecated on his walls and wrote graffiti all over the outside of his house. He got a lot of uh, threats and insults in Boston and on the road. And, um, you know, he, he endured and he taught other players coming up that they could be better. They, they, they should strive for for the moon. And in fact, he used to tell him one day, one, one of you can be president. And I think the happiest moment of his life, uh, might've been the photograph behind Bison where president Obama, uh, presented him, um, with the presidential award. Um, he was really a Renaissance man built when, when he, uh, was voted the greatest player of all time in 1980. Bill Bradley, Senator Bradley at the time, gave a speech saying that Bill Russell was the smart, single most, single smartest player who ever played in the NBA. At his Hall of Fame induction in 
five, which he decided not to attend. <laughs> right. Red Red Auerbach called him the single most dev- devastating force in the history of the NBA. And then finally, in 2009, the NBA changed the name of the finals MVP to the Bill Russell finals MVP. That's just how important he was to the game. Uh, so rest in peace, champ. He really was, in terms of a team player, the greatest. Cheers. 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 Well said, Rooster. You know, I, I think, um, you know, look, obviously, we we don't need to talk about it. We may come up with it later a little bit, but we're in a society where so much is seen through a political lens. But the, the fact is, is that, you know, he was a presidential medal of freedom winner, regardless of, you know, of who gave it to him. And, and you know, we, we tend to discount things based on who we like in the White House and things like that now. But hopefully, you know, when you look at something like that, you just see respect for what he did off the court. I mean, he didn't get that medal for his time on the court. The rings are what he has for his time on the court. The Medal of Freedom is for everything that he meant off the court. And uh, and anybody who wins that medal, you know, should be celebrated uh, as a great American and certainly yeah. also deserves that. There are a couple Larry Bird stories. Um, once uh, years ago, the Boston Globe published this uh, article about how Bird was the greatest Celtic ever. And Bird replied, not true. It's It's Bill Russell. And then another time. Bird, Bill Russell, and Magic were having a conversation, and Magic boasted, hey, all the rings are right here. And Bird said, and most of them are right there, and pointed to Russell. Who, who has more rings than he has fingers, for God's sakes? Right. You know, um, it's sad when these greats die, but one good thing that comes of it is it gives an appreciation to uh, younger people and different generations who are so biased by recency to say Michael Jordan's my favorite, LeBron James is my favorite. You know, my kids had no appreciation other than knowing he had a whole bunch of championships. Well, there's all kinds of stats being thrown out. I mean, he's 900 rebounds ahead of anybody else in the playoff history other than Wilt Chamberlain. He's 900 ahead of Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, he Two of his championships were as a player coach. Um, and if you see some of the footage, which is pretty fascinating, particularly when he was a young player, I mean, he ran the court as well as anybody. You talk about that fast break stuff, mm-hmm. which the reason they could run the fast break. He wasn't some big like dolt that was moseying up the court slowly. He was running the fast break with them. And you have to see some of this footage. It's awesome. And the other thing I saw in the footage, which was notable to, to your mention is, the guy is whatever seven one seven two. He could dunk every single time. And no, he was, he was only six ten or eleven. Six ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so Will comes into could, the league at seven three with like right. fifty pounds on him, and he Wilt could was dunk intimidated easily. by Russell. He could dunk easily. Yeah, he could dunk anytime he wanted to. Yeah. So what? It, it was it was really fascinating last night uh, watching all the tributes to Bill Russell because um, ESPN basically you know, their sports centers were dominated by stories of, of Russell going back to, uh, you know, there was a moment when Kobe Bryant uh, introduced him the year that he won the Arthur Ashe courage award for the ESPYs. 
And, you know, seeing Bryant, knowing how he's been struck down early, you know, in his prime or after, uh, after he retired and, and watching his tribute for Russell was really moving. And, uh, another interview that Russell had with KG back before KG won a championship. And Russell's like, you know, I've watched you early on. I'm real proud of you. You can do it. I know you can do it. And KG was all choked up. And this was before, you know, they won, uh, Boston won. So um, it, it's just, you know, and for people like Milk who don't really have much of a background of, of Bill Russell, uh, it's, it's just interesting hearing the history of this guy. And then the reason I put my background up was when Muhammad Ali said he wasn't going to go to uh, Vietnam he, and uh, nine black athletes, uh, Jim Brown, Lou Alcindor, Bill Russell, and some others showed up uh, to support um, Muhammad Ali's decision and show a, a, a show of force. So um, a guy like Russell, though, you look at his legacy and uh, I did a little bit of, of research. Rooster, you talked about how he won 11 of 13 championships when he was with uh, the Celtics. You know how many game sevens he played in? Uh, I, I don't, but he never lost one. I ten, know. right? Ten. He played in ten game sevens, and he was 10-0. and 0, And he had 18.6 points a game and 29.3 rebounds average in game sevens. So, you know, we talk about Jordan being Mr. Clutch. Uh, in in uh, you know game six uh, against Utah when he uh, sank the shot to win the '98 championship, uh, LeBron you know being Mr. Clutch when he he made that great block uh, to get Cleveland their championship. But Bill Russell though he was Mr. Clutch, ten and zero in game sevens with an unbelievable record. So um, I think that the NBA uh, has lost you know one of their i think rooster you texted yesterday you know he's definitely uh, on mount rushmore you can't argue that he's not you know i i think i mean one of the reasons i think it's one of the only reasons that a guy like that is so underappreciated is because of time and also because of tv and that sort of thing but you know i i got an email today uh, from Paul Bland, who I think everybody here knows. And Paul said that, you know, kind of in the lead up to the 75th anniversary of the NBA, he watched a bunch of these these legends on YouTube. You can go watch footage, you know, of Russell on YouTube and and see, you know, the ferocity with which he with, with which he played. Uh, it's probably worth doing. And hopefully, uh, Toby, to your point, hopefully a lot of kids, you know, young younger generation guys We'll take that time and go look at YouTube and watch some of it now. And, and you know, maybe this is uh, an opportunity for him to sort of catapult to the top of that discussion about who is the GOAT. You know, the last thing I'll say about him is every time he walked on the court, he thought he was the best player out there. And usually he was, but he was not arrogant. And he had w- one rule that he lived by, which was he never, ever once, even in private, criticized a teammate. Never once certainly never called him out to the press or anything like that, but he did nothing but encouraged his four other teammates who were not nearly as good as he was, but he was there. Like I say, he was their coach from the time he was a rookie. Well, definitely a legend, a legend gone. So uh, good, good tribute rooster. You did a nice job Thanks, rooster. covering that. Job rooster. Um, now we got to go from a legend to really sort of a little bit of a of a clown show, uh, unfortunately, and uh, and switch gears and talk about 
uh, the NFL a little bit. Um, I I know we want to we want to mention Kyler, but we really got to just jump into the Deshaun stuff uh, right away. Milk, what let's let's talk about Deshaun. If we want to talk Kyler at the, at the end a little bit, we can. But too much to get to with Deshaun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's August, it's a uh, training camp. And of course we've got drama in the NFL what's new. So of course, judge Robinson today comes out with her opinion and recommendation uh, on Deshaun's suspension. So I didn't know much about this, by the way, like I didn't, I knew the NFL wanted a year suspension for him. Um, I guess they submitted a 215-page document. Is that right? Uh, with all sorts of evidence and and stuff like that. Her her opinion is very short. It's only 16 pages. Um, you know, as you're reading it, it's kind of building up to be something bigger than it is in terms of a punishment. She she essentially sides with the NFL that he committed quote unquote, nonviolent sexual assault. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Um, he endangered the, the lives of other people was the second, second point. He basically tarnished the image of the NFL, which was the, which was the third point. And then of course the public outcry shocker is it's a six game suspension. And when you're putting it up against, you know, everyone now is talking about Calvin Ridley, right? He, he had a $1,500 gambling issue. Uh, I guess he bet on his own team, whatever. And he got it an entire year. So I think everyone was going into this thinking it was going to be longer than six games. Right. But then you realize as you're reading, I didn't. Well, I, you, you're in the minority, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you I why. Most of us assumed it'd be one year. Yeah, I, I think that was kind of what, where we're all going. But then I, I'm sitting there reading the NFL's own policy, which recommends for violent sexual assault, first-timers, first-time uh, convictions or whatever, I think you could even be arrested for like uh, sexual assault, is six games. Like it's the NFL's own policy, um, which is insane. Uh, and, less punishment than you get for fighting dogs. Right. It, it's crazy. And so, so I was sitting there before I read it, I was, you know, there's going to be a lot of heat on this judge, right? Maybe rightly, wrongly, whatever. But, but I think she was kind of going off of what the, I mean, it's a private company. It, this isn't a real legal issue. I mean, even though they have this former judge making this decision, but, but she's going off the NFL's, own policy of, of this is the recommended guidelines for specific violations and the specific violations for six game suspensions, by the way, are really bad. Like they're horrible. Um, and so she ultimately gives him gives him six games. I, I, I think some, some of that, I, I guess she said was, you know, it was his first time and he cooperated or whatever. Although she also said that he, he basically lied and, um, was kind of had a, a shitty attitude about the, about the whole thing, but you know, she, she gives them, she gives them six games and um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, there, there wasn't, I, I assume 
look, this is all civil. There were no criminal charges. There isn't any actual proof that this happened, right? It's all circumstantial evidence. Although we we kind of, by the, the I guess the standard she used was preponderance of evidence. It's most likely that this that this did happen. But I think the small towel carried the day for, right, for right. the NFL. Gatorade towel. The Gatorade, the Gatorade <laughs> towel. I mean, the, if you haven't read the opinion, by the way, at least at least it was the terrible towel. Details. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, did did is this the right punishment based on the circumstances, based on the circumstantial evidence, based on the NF, NFL's own policy? Um, you know, did did they get this right? I mean, compared to to Calvin Ridley, and by the way, I don't under. Does the I, I was asking earlier? Does the NFL have a policy on gambling? Like, if you gamble, has it always stated you lose a year, or did they just come up with that? Well, um, let me go because I think I'm in the distinct minority here. I think yeah. you guys are all going to pile on me right after I say this. First of all, she only had the testimony of four people to right. sort through. So the NFL didn't put on their whole case. They only they only gave her four women, and. <clears throat> I think Calvin Ridley is not the right comparison. To me, the comparison is Ben Roethlisberger, who there was there was compelling evidence that he raped two women while he had his bodyguards block the door so that their friends couldn't get in to rescue them. That is a violent sexual assault under any definition. He got six games, and then Goodell reduced it to four. So how the hell do you give the black guy less than that, who didn't? You know, I think there is a distinction. I don't like the distinction. I think what he did was wrong, and he's a disgusting pig. There is a huge distinction between forcible rape and what he's accused of doing. So that's why I think if Goodell, if Goodell, if they appeal this and Goodell is the arbiter of the appeal and gives him more, he's he's asking for a huge PR mess. But they're appealing their own their own rule that. I'm not at first I was like, oh, the NFL's what what is they're they're trying to make things right. But I think they sat there and go, oh shit. They Our tried rules. to change that rule retroactively and the sucks. judge called them out for it. Absolutely they, they are. That. They can't the change the rules midstream. They should get no credit. They look like idiots. Yeah. I mean, I'd House's, be okay if they wanted to give a lifetime ban. House's house is chopping at the bit. NFL's decision to have an arbitrator. Right. <laughs> this is very sad for everyone involved. It's incredibly sad for the victims. It's sad for the Browns fans. It's sad for the NFL. It's sad for Deshaun Watson that he's got a serious problem that he's clearly not acknowledging and seeking help for. The judge's decision is a travesty. I mean, she came to the conclusion that his conduct was egregious. She came to the conclusion that this was unprecedented and agreed with it. And while she did have the testimony of four women, that was direct evidence. She based most of her decision on circumstantial evidence, which included this 215-page report that had this guy seeking 60-some private massages when he had the availability of his own Cleveland, Houston Texans masseuse if he wanted it. Massage I, I just, therapist. A massage therapist. There's a difference. <laughs> the thing is, the NFL, which we the owners go to the masseuses. Exactly. Craft those guys. 
That's it. That's the problem that the NFL Learned them has. on Instagram. The NFL can't do a lot more than this because then they got to turn to their own owners and figure out what to do about that. And the whole thing is an effing mess. But you know what? Like, okay, let's take Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger was also fined a uh, su- substantial amount of money. Big deal. He raped someone. He should have been, understand. He should have been Watson, banned from the league. Deshaun Watson is going Mike to. Mike Vick was banned for a year. Desha- he was, Deshaun Watson is he going to, to prison. the equivalent of six weeks worth of pay. He is going to keep 40-some million dollars. Nothing to – okay, there's obviously a settlement, and I don't know even who's covering that, who's paying for that. But the whole thing is a travesty, and it's very, very sad if you read the opinion uh, about what has happened to the four women that did come forward. Yeah. Um, none of them none of them are practicing – uh, in their profession anymore. And a lot of them are having very serious issues about it. It's terrible. I, I got to tell you, this is, this is, this opinion, the one word that I kept thinking about while reading it and, and people, you should read it. It doesn't take very long because it's 16 freaking pages, but it's lazy. And I don't just mean the opinion itself. I mean, there, we have in here that, the it, this is on page three. There were um, Watson allegedly worked with more than sixty massage therapists during the fifteen month period beginning in the fall of nineteen through the winter of twenty one. The NFL only investigated the claims of the twenty four therapists suing Mister Watson for damages, and of those twenty four complaints, the NFL investigators were only able to interview twelve. And of those 12, they relied on the conclusions of four. Now, you might ask yourself, well, what incentive does the NFL have to go track down the other 36 uh, massage therapists and unearth that can of worms on one of their young you know, superstars at the time? It, the investigation by the NFL seems lazy. The evidence presented by the NFL seems lazy. Then you get into yep. this, this report and and I gotta tell you, look, I, I'm not I'm not a an employment law lawyer. I don't read collective bargaining agreements, but one of the big things in here is that the judge puts in this whole intent element, right? And this whole thing in here about meaning to have contact and intent and all this stuff. Where does that come from? And I mean, that's not. All that the, the the CBA and the uh, the policy, what is it called, the uh, personal conduct policy, talks about is unwanted sexual contact with right. another person. Right, right. But now they insti- they they push, she throws in this intent element. There's no definition of assault that includes oh. intent. Right. I mean, and so I don't understand what she's doing, and and I mean, it's just it's pathetic. It's laziness. It looks like. You know, she kind of sticks it to the NFL a little bit by saying, you know, you guys, you're always looking backwards trying to cover up, you know, your your PR problems by instituting these rules. And maybe maybe she's right in that regard that the policy is is so weak and it doesn't give any kind of due process to anybody because they don't know what they're going to get hit for. But one thing that that people are, are we haven't talked about on here yet and it shouldn't be missed. And she did catch this, which I thought was important. You know. Watson did not play last season. 
And the NFL did not want to put him on administrative leave. Um, and, and she noted that in one of her footnotes. Uh, she talked about how, I think it was in a footnote, where she said that the and he league got paid didn't, his full ten point six million dollars, but the year. league didn't. But he didn't play, and the league didn't put him on uh, or suspend him because they didn't want to trigger certain things that that then happen when you're on administrative leave or when they suspend you. So he, he get did time served, right? And they didn't want to do that. That was a strategic decision Goodell made in how he treated this, and so. You know, in some ways, he did miss a season, and now he's getting six games. You know, you you could make an argument that it's 16 or 17 plus six that he didn't play. Now, you know, again, well, that's fair point. But, but, you know, this was the NFL getting a little too cute in some ways, and Lord knows they're they're known to do that. Well, the Browns also structured his contract, assuming he was going to get suspended, so that the payments didn't kick in right away. So he's hardly losing any money for these six games. Yeah. No, it's other like than what he had to pay out of his pocket. Couple Bison, hundred I, grand. Tony Busby. Three hundred grand. Claimants. Bison, I think you hit the nail on the head. I can't remember the name of this uh, investigative journalist for the New York Times, but this woman unearthed all of these witnesses. She's the one who found out that there were actually sixty-something massage therapists, right. in addition to the. Um, plaintiffs in the civil cases. Um, so there was another 40 people out there and she talked to all of them. So my, I'm not saying that I'm defending Deshaun Watson. I think he's a scumbag and he's sick. I do think the house is right. I think he has a, a, some sort of a fetish, a sick fetish. Yeah, right. And, right. and, and but I think the NFL made its bed and now they're having to sleep. In yeah. it. And, and they did that with Roethlisberger and others where they said, six games max for this disgusting behavior and they're stuck with it. <laughs> they have to change their own rules. Yes. Just- and, and and why is that? You know why? Because who's Deshaun Watson's backup in Houston, right? Who was it? Nobody wants to see the backup. Nobody the wants to see Mills, the backup Davis. plan. Davis, right? Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Rooster loves Davis Mills. You have to. You have to be a scout to know who he is. Draft him in the second round. We learned other, about that as eighty-five but, fantasy drafts. But other than right, but but other Mock than Rooster, drafts. nobody wants to see Davis Mills, and the NFL doesn't want Davis Mills as one of its starting quarterbacks. They want Deshaun Watson out there, and so yeah. they and and that goes with every superstar player that they have. So they make these faux rules. They they put out there these these guidelines that are weak. So they can get a CBA done. Then something like this happens and they're scrambling, trying to make themselves look like they care because it's a PR disaster for them. And then the judge comes in and makes it even worse by issuing a really, I'm sorry, really lazy opinion. I mean, no summary of the testimony, the facts, anything. This is one half step better than the Beth Wilkinson investigation into the commanders that nobody's seen the report of. This is about half a step better and that's it. But what this isn't new, by the way. Ray Rice literally fucking punched a girl, knocked her out, in the, and he got two games. And dragged her by her hair and out of the Dragged her, and he got two yeah. games. And then, and then the NFL changed the policy. Now and then the NFL do it again. put on commercials for three months saying, let's be nice to women. And then they give Deshaun Watson six, right. six games. And yeah. now they'll go back, and then suddenly the sexual assault punishment will be a full season. 
Give well, so, so here's, here's the question. This is the first time that the NFL has used this arbitration system. Um, are they going to keep it? Or are they going to scrap it? I think well, it's part, part of the CBA now. Yeah, I don't think it could go. It's part of the CBA, isn't it? I thought yeah, it was the, at the Players the, Association the owners, and the NFL picked Judge Robinson. I thought the together. owners are the ones that that the NFL is the one that you know volunteered or said we we'll use this system as opposed to. I think the she, NFL. I think she says in the beginning of the opinion that under the CBA there's a he, new disciplinary here's, arbitrator. Here's what it says. Yeah. Here's what it says. It's on page two. two. Starting in 2020. The initial determination of whether a player in the NFL has violated the policy, and if so, what discipline should be imposed, is to be made by, quote, a disciplinary officer jointly selected and appointed by the parties, close quote, i.e. by the NFL and the NFLPA. And and that's that's where she came in. So that's part of the personal uh conduct policy but that's that's initial either one can appeal nflps say they're not going to appeal what's the nfl going to do why would they why would the pa appeal appeal they got a great outcome yeah i know but they've already obviously said they're not going to appeal but what is the nfl going to do they're on the clock three well what was interesting pope is that last night I don't know if they got some kind of advanced notice but the nflpa released a press release last night saying we're not going to appeal whatever comes down. Both parties agreed to this judge. We're not going to appeal. And we ask that the owners don't appeal either, which I've just found very curious. They must have knew that something favorable was coming down for them. Yeah, I think but so. I, I think the NFL has to do something, make noise, take action of some kind to appeal this. I think they have to. Appeal to and who? To Goodell. It goes to Goodell. Right. Who and is, by the what? way, he's the NFL. He's, he's, he is the NFL. He's in I mean, the worst position. The NFL gets to decide. But he also can de- delegate that to somebody else. Let's, you know, not not to make this a, a, you know, not to be a homer on this, but but seriously, with this opinion coming down, what does this do to Dan Snyder and with the congressional investigation going on? Don't you think the people who called for that investigation about a hostile workplace in Congress are probably fit to be tied right now, seeing? Yeah. Seeing this, this is not favorable to the NFL and Snyder's in the crosshairs of Congress. I, because, I would not want to be him right now. Think uh, about think about the time frame here. We're talking about the short period of time that Deshaun Watson has been with the Texans. He's been on Instagram contacting 63 separate massage therapists personally, not through a secretary or a personal assistant or any of that. He is personally contacting. I mean, he's there's like a serial problem going on here with this guy. It's scary. No, no, no woman in her right mind should be alone with that guy. By the way, um, I just got to tell you guys this. This is this is the practical effect of this. You guys give me wins and losses for the Browns. Mind you, they have a very, very good defense. Okay, so they're they're I think they go three and three without him. Okay, so they're at the Panthers winnable. Home versus the Jets, winnable. Home versus the Steelers, winnable. At the Falcons, winnable. Home versus the Chargers, probably lose. Home versus the Patriots, probably lose. They probably go three and three, four three and, and two. three. Yeah, and they lose they the Steelers. Back with eleven games to go. Yep. I mean, imagine yeah. the headache. The Who's NFL their quarterback? Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. By the way, I'm I'm high on the Jets this year, man. 
I think the Jets can easily <laughs> Whoa, be. So, so Here no we go. Ever. Oh, Here boy. We go. Okay. Oh, boy. It sounds like talk about like talk about high. somebody who doesn't know history. I'm yeah. putting, <laughs> I like any I'm putting money on any quarterback that's you, you doing you know what with moms. <laughs> oh god. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, boy. Transition good Another yeah. good timing. Now, yeah, oh. I know. Now we have to have our own we have to have our own bring our own judging yeah, your right, milk right, right. at this point now. Just, I'm gonna I'm gonna represent the pod. I broke policy. I'll represent the Jeez. pod who wants to represent the uh Oh the come on, that's a great story. We all love it. Yeah. Oh god. Well, listen, uh just another example of the NFL cannot get out of its own way oh. on on doing the right thing. It is really it's really a bad league. Uh when when you talk about it, their involvement in 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 the public, in the community, and just their morals. It's just a bad league. Sorry. Yeah. But um, I mean, do we want to talk 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 about uh, Kyler for a second? I mean, just another train wreck. Yeah. What? Hold on. So he doesn't have to report to duty or whatever it is now. Yeah. So what's the deal there? So he had they had it in his contract. They has to watch film, right? And then they everyone starts saying how that's bullshit or whatever. So then they take it out. This whole thing, I he I hate I'm I'm a I cannot stand this guy. I think he's a baby. The the whole thing that we talk about removing the social media to get what you want. You remove the logo. You remove that you're the quarterback of the team. It, by the way, if you're gonna invest, how much do they give him? Three hundred something million dollars. Three hundred million dollars. You damn right. You're watching film. Put that <laughs> in there. I would put a hundred things in there. Think about what Phil had to sign when he went over to live. I mean, right. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Listen. You're going to be watching my dog once a month. Somebody Hell did an yeah, analysis. Go in. That's, a, that's an investment. You're going to watch film. Obviously, there's a problem, by the way. There's clearly a film problem. Do we need to go? Well, who was the? There's uh, a gamer problem. That's what they know. The guys are. Yeah. He's Maybe like a 12-year-old in- gamer. So someone did an analysis that when the when the line of duty or call of duty cheat codes come out or the updates come out in in like October or September, um, speaking Greek, Kyle Murray's numbers go way down because he's up yeah. all night playing this. Oh game. my god! Maybe it's not, it's not even playing Madden. Like he's playing got himself. a five hundred record and he hasn't won a playoff game. So. And you're going to give him $300 million and you're going to bitch but, about having but to watch. Remember how we were talking last year about both he and Kingsbury, their, their, their seasons are like a bell curve. And in the beginning, they win a bunch of games and everyone thinks they're great. And then they, at the end of the year, they just lose, lose, lose for him. It's because he's playing this damn game all night long. Right. Wow. So oh. they want him to study instead. Well, Is that such a big ass? But by the way, I mean, look, I mean, you guys are all spot on right. No disagreement. But what agent let that go in the contract? Right? right? Like, right. What, who's his agent or who was who released like, that wait a minute, somebody's going to read this contract and is going to see this. And this is going to make my client look like a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, you can't let that in there. I mean, geez. And who released it? I mean, neither side should have an incentive for that to come out. I don't know. What a it, mess. Um, I'm pretty sure watching film for a quarterback is one of the most important things you can do. Okay. Yeah. It's been it's who, been said. Yeah. Who is the who is the Raiders quarterback? The LSU guy that they Carr. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I know who was Jamichael. Jamarcus Russell. Remember they gave him intentionally blank? And he went home, came back, and he's like, oh, yeah, I watched the film. And they're like, yeah, we were fucking with you. We There's nothing on the tapes. Oh, yeah. What's that? What's what's the name of that test they give the quarterback? Wonderlick. Wonderlick. He like got the worst rating ever. Right, and he doesn't. Yeah, so you may want to watch. He's been out of the league since he was drafted. Basically. By the way, is that just a little teaser for our fans for episode seventy six? We're going to reveal the scores of all the SMQB's Wonderlick scores. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me take that. (laughs) I will fail. Well, I mean, he might be sick that day. I mean, Murray's you know, a prima donna in the story. Yeah. And Coach Bro enables him. It's a bad, it's toxic. They're going to they're gonna suck again the second half of this year. Mark my words. Yes. Two, two, two NFL quarterbacks, one, one making a, just a, a really serious, ugly, uh, terrible situation that the NFL screws up, and one just a total, you know, clown car of, of just – what a joke. What a total joke. But none of these, none of this makes the league look any good. It's just, it's just bad. It's bad. Except for Tom Brady. Okay. Oh, did oh, we God. talk about that part of the opinion? No, 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 no. There was, he wasn't in there. He was in the opinion. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the gate was mentioned. The gate was mentioned. She How gave dare they examples of conduct detrimental to the league and exhibit A is Tom Brady. Don't you dare Four put games. Tom Brady oh, in an God. opinion about Deshaun Watson. That was ludicrous. No, when Deflategate came down and he was on the Patriots, you, you were, were leading the charge to Absolutely. have him thrown out I'll, of the I knew he was coming to the Bucks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This, this kind of train wreck in the NFL is going to make me try again and pay attention and enjoy the Premier League soccer. Yes. <laughs> Maybe this is what I need. Bison, listen, I'm going to try to convince you why you should pay attention because All right, I'm I'm in. I'm listening. There are there are five people on this pod and four of them are going to have relevant baseball this summer and one is not. And mm. so the one who will have no relevant baseball <clears throat> uh, What point are you talking about? That could be I mean, You're too. you're that a fucking be- Phillies fan. Let's relax <laughs> on the relevant baseball shit, okay? We don't have an update on Hey, Nace, is he talking to you or me? Uh, (laughs) We don't have an update on Juan Soto right now, do we? I've been watching. Nothing yet. By the way, we just killed some uh, terrorists in Afghanistan while we were on the pod. Oh, yeah. How did we do that if you're here on the pod right now, Rooster? Uh, You know, other people can do the Drone strike. We don't need people. Drone strike. (laughs) Well, listen, Rooster is the uh, defending champion of the SMQB soccer league with uh the good fortune a few years ago of drawing out of a hat man city um, no 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 draw out of a hat i can't have to keep reminding you i won the right to pick first by winning the world cup that year hmm. oh. well whatever you- the case roosters man city are defending champions they uh the the top two teams bison's liverpool and roosters man city have been the top two in three of the last four years. And it's very likely to continue this year. Man City is stacked. And in terms of the rich get richer, it's like Rooster's got the Yankees and now he's got Man City. And Man City attracted and and got probably one of the premier players 
in the world and Erling Holland, who came over from Dortmund, the age of 22 to now star for Man City. So all eyes this year are going to be on Man City. What can they do with this murderer's row of a team and embarrassment of riches? Will they defend their title? And and will Holland be the superstar that everyone expects him to be? Close on their heels, which came down to the last game last year, is going to be Liverpool. And they have their own embarrassment of riches. And what was interesting is there's a pre kind of season of sorts matchup that's not part of the um, Premier League standings, but it's a separate uh, tournament, the Community Shield. And that just happened this weekend, Man City versus Liverpool. And everyone was expecting Holland to be, you know, the star on the field. But the real star was the other pickup that happened uh, in the offseason, which is Darwin Nunez, who came over to Liverpool from Benfica. So in Premier League, the one of the big awards that you can get is the top goal scorer. Last year, there was a tie between Mo Salah of Liverpool and Son of Tottenham, who just who both had 23 goals. This year, all eyes are on Mo Salah, Erling Holland, Harry Kane from Tottenham, Son from Tottenham. Ronaldo on Man U, Gabriel Jesus on Arsenal, and Darwin Nunez on Liverpool. Those are the stars you should be looking for in terms of the goal scores this year. As usual, the top six, the big six of Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man U, they're playing for the cherished top four spots to get into Champions League, the best teams in the world. I think it's that's going to be the fun of watching this year. I think at the top, we're going to be seeing Man City and Liverpool fight it out, although I, I really think Man City is in the driver's seat this year. But what's going to be really interesting is that fight for those bottom two spots. I Last year at the end of the season, it was a, it was a fight between Arsenal and a hard-charging Tottenham. Arsenal thought they had it in the bag and gave it away at the end of Tottenham. Arsenal choked. Arsenal choked, and what's great, is this renewed rivalry because Arsenal and Tottenham used to have a long running rivalry. It is definitely renewed. Now they're going to be fighting for those two spots. So you've got the rivalry between Man City and Liverpool. You've got the rivalry between uh, Arsenal and Tottenham, which makes for some really great play this year. Why did um, our favorite player, is it Sané? Sané. Sané. Why did he leave Liverpool? Mane. Mane. Yeah, Sadio Mane. And Mane. Mane. Yeah, Mane. I mean, if you had kept Mane, you'd have three of the top goal scorers in EPL. They did They did lose Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich, but they also picked up Darwin Nunez. So some people are saying, we'll see, maybe it's a, a trade-off. But that's the interesting kind of fun thing about the way European, well, worldwide football is played with the transfer window and the the ability to you know, go into this free agency period. Um, and there were, there were some, there were some definitely some big pickups um, Tottenham picked up a whole bunch of folks really improved their, their squad. Um, Arsenal picked up uh, some really good players. Um, I think those, they made two of the bigger moves. Um, Chelsea has new ownership this year. You might remember that their owner last year, was one of the oligarchs that had to give up Roman Abramovich, had to give up ownership of the team. 
So they've got a new owner. Uh, they've added Raheem Sterling over from Man City. So we'll see what what Raheem Sterling does for Chelsea. Um, he's he's lost a step. Yeah, I think I I'm not sure that we can expect Sterling to be the same player that he's been. Uh, I think one of the fun things we always talk about this, how we we joke around, how in life, how sometimes we wish that there would be relegation and promotion. Um, be kind of funny if we did that in all aspects of life, but this year, so here's a, here's a good quiz for you guys. A good guess in the last 10 years, every year, three teams get promoted from the second division. So the last 10 years, 30 teams of those 30 teams, how many stayed were able to stay above the bottom three? About what percent for one year? Yeah. After one year, are they able to stay in? Oh, I'll, I'll bet it's like, yeah, less than 25%, I bet. 10%. So what's interesting is that in the last 10 years, 15 of the 30 teams were able to make it. Interesting. 50. You basically I know where you're going with this, though. There's a good story here, and even I know it. Oh, you, Maybe I not. Mean, I don't know. I think I do. I, I don't know if it's – is it Nottingham Forest? Yes. The Nottingham Forest is – has made their way into the top division, the premier league for the first time in 23 years. And not only that, but they actually were pretty aggressive in the off season. And you guys might remember one of the pretty top players from Man U last year, Jesse Lingard is now playing for Nottingham forest as is their, their former goaltender, Dean Henderson. So all eyes are on Nottingham forest and Fulham, two of the teams that have been promoted up that have a, a decent chance of staying up. Bournemouth is the other. Um, gone from this year, from last year, relegated are Burnley, Watford, and Norwich City. You're not going to see those teams this year. But that 23 years is the biggest gap for a team. It's been a long, long time. Um, so it's going to be great fun. It starts this Friday. Um, I think one of the really interesting things that could impact this year's Premier League is that typically in a world cup season, the world cup happens at the beginning of the year and might not even interfere with the year, but because, uh, the ridiculous money that's involved in FIFA and the world cup, they had to move the world cup in Qatar cause it's too hot during the summer. They had to move, uh, the world cup to December or November, actually November. And so there's going to be a, a long break from the premier league. And the big question is, are these guys going to stay healthy? Is any are any of the players going to get injured? Is it going to affect the mojo that's going on with these teams? Because when they return in December, you know, it could be a very different thing after the World Cup. So that's the story for this year. There are lots and lots of uh, plot lines. Uh, House, when's I, the first? When's the first match? First match is Friday. Game. First match is Friday, and then so, the full weekend of of, of weekend matches. Yep. A weekend of matches. We're going to have to decide if we're going to stick with our original plan of redrawing our EPL teams based on World Cup outcome, which we could do. We just have to, I guess, uh, make it one one year later. You know, you, yeah. you, you do That's the draw, that. you do the World Cup thing this summer, and then the next beginning of the next EPL season is when you is when you get pick your teams. Yeah, we we, mm. we confessed to our fans that we weren't really true footballers. We all had a passing interest in it, but we decided that we were going to select teams in the World Cup, and whoever advanced the furthest in the World Cup got the then the first pick 
for choosing your team to be in the Premier League. And, you know, Rooster got lucky. Rooster, I don't, I don't know that I, I want to repick. I'm very committed to Liverpool. Well, you could pick Liverpool again. Then, very, you... very committed. All right. <laughs> pick Liverpool. I again. mean, I, you guys, I, I, still have, have I, have taught, I have Tottenham swag. I'm not going to change. I'm all in. Wait, you'll never wait walk alone. You, you'll you, never you, walk alone, Bison. You'll, you'll, Pope, I have no doubt you can find a hat or a vest somewhere yeah. that for does a that, team. Does, does that keep uh, House from wearing his Ferrari costume? <laughs> during, <laughs> during Formula One? I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing Ferrari no matter what. I'm wearing. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about Ferrari later. I, I suspect. I suspect we'll be talking about Ferrari later. But hey, good preview. Anything else on, on uh, EPL? There was a hell of a women's Euro final game on yesterday. Yeah, I'll just say there were 80, 89,000 people in the stands cheering awesome. on England for a victory over uh, Germany. It was a great, great game. I the almost, locker room party was pretty epic, too. Yeah. yeah. Almost watched it. <laughs> All right. It, um, it was really close. Good segment. Good segment. We got to go to the uh, angry, old, grumpy white man segment now. And I'm going to throw it over to Pope to talk about uh, the PGA for a second. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> If you guys you mean the could have Tony seen Tony League, yeah, <laughs> you guys could have seen my fucking head explode in the Alaska Lounge at the Anchorage Airport when I finally got a chance to listen to the pod. Like Cheryl looked over and she's like, "What is wrong with you?" My face was red. You guys were just ripping me and the PGA. It's like we're one in the same now. You are. If, Really saying that if, uh, if should have if your green jacket last, on, you're the last fan. Oh my god! <laughs> Hello, it friends. Is just, yeah. Uh, well, it'd be nice if they had a contract where they could do that. Do that, but um, look, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, uh, ripping live. I, I don't. They're to me, they're almost irrelevant at this point. I mean, they had they had a <laughs> they had a match, they had an exhibition match at Bedminster. Uh, Oh last weekend where they had, you know, hardly anybody attended. Uh, they had, you know, masses of two deep at, uh, at most of the holes. Um, you could get a ticket on StubHub for a buck. Uh, they're going to be paying us next to go attend just to try to put fans in the stands. Um, the argument that I've been making, and I'm trying to keep this very, very non-political and Make no. it political. No, Just I'm make not. it political. It's more political. Fun. Make it really, political. That's, that's going to help. That the reason help. there were no fans no, no. is they didn't want to step on the cemetery. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ivana's plot, which is right there at the first tee, but I, I digress. The bottom line is, I think, I think maybe it is a decision that people are going to have to make. Is it, do they care about the biggest names in golf or do they care about the best golfers going forward? Because I know you guys mentioned last year, last week, you're like, oh, well, the majors, you know, they're letting them play. So they're letting them stay irrelevant. Uh, if if they if the majors put their foot down and said, no, you know, if you're on club live, then you can't come play uh, at Augusta or, you know, the U.S. Open or whatever, then that would might make a difference. But as time goes on, unless you're exempt and there's very few of these guys who are exempt. Exempt meaning they have won a, a past major, so they're exempt fully for like five years. So if you're not Cupcake or DJ or Bryson, uh, you know, you're not going to be exempt going forward. And you're going to have to qualify on the world golf rankings. And as long as world golf ranking keep it out, 
the live people, then eventually these guys are going to stop making the majors. So the biggest names like DJ, Kepka, Bryson, you know, Bubba, look, four out of the last 15 majors, that's all that these guys have won. And one of them was Phil. And that was a miracle that we'll never see again. And good Lord, Phil can't even thank God. There's not a cut for live because he's shooting in horrible in the seventies, eighties. I mean, it's finishing 43rd, you know, in the, in the match play or whatever. Um, as long as, and, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying as long as the stars of today, the Scotty Schefflers, the Cam Smiths, the, the Sam Burns, the Rory's, those guys, as long as they continue, Will Zalatoris even, Milk, as long as those guys don't go over to live and continue uh, their run that they're on right now, uh, eventually live will outwear its welcome. But, and but Pope, at some my, point. My final, my, my final point is, I think Barkley sees the writing on the wall. Because if Barkley thought this thing was actually going to take off and be like, you know, the next great thing, I, I don't see him not going to it. He looked into it. I'm sure he did a pretty deep dive and decided he wasn't going to go. So, the you know. Basketball guy? Uh, well, I don't know that. Anyway, hey, yeah. I can't oh, be the uh, anyway. What happens? What look? One thing I think we've we've all sort of learned, and maybe certainly I I don't think I knew this until this whole discussion started. But the majors are their own entities, right? They're their own thing. What happens when one of those majors cracks and makes a deal with Liv? to let players who accumulate so many points or whatever on live, let them in to the major. There's nothing stopping the PGA championship uh, from, from doing that. It's its own entity or the U S open from doing that. Right. I mean, there's nothing stopping them from making a deal. What happens when they have to go do that? I mean, you're, I guess currently because these guys have exemptions, they don't need to worry about that. Some of them, not all of them. Some of them, right. So what happens then? Well, what, what happens when the opposite happens? And Fred Ridley at Augusta says, no, I'm sorry. Nobody who's on, on the live tour is going to be allowed to play. It's an invite only. Unless you're no, right. That was lovely, but, but I would like you to answer my question, Counselor. What happens when that does happen? When, well, when, well, right well, now, I mean, that, right now that's happening because the majors are allowing the guys to play. Now, what happens next year? I don't know. But I don't. I don't see. I don't see anybody having a, uh, a cutting a deal. I mean, the PGA Championship is not going to cut a deal to allow Live in. I think the Open Championship is not going to, and I don't see the Masters doing it. And the USGA, which runs the U.S. Open, this entire Live thing is antithetical to the USGA, which is you know qualifying going through, you know, the, the cuts, getting to the point where you can potentially go to the U S open. It's just not going to happen. Pope, can I ask you a question? Uh, That's a very interesting point that you make about qualifying for the majors. So are any of these guys not past champions and therefore would not be eligible for some of the upcoming majors next year? I, I don't know about next year. I mean, it could be that they're, world golf ranking is still such that even though they're not playing tournaments, they're still high enough to automatically qualify. Now, what 
could really turn this upside down is if the world golf ranking said we're going to stop having people who are on the live tour in our rankings, that that would really cause a problem for the majors. Then you have to figure out what they would do at that point. But one other thing I was going to say is that uh, Davis Love, um, who's the Can president. Can you say antitrust? <laughs> Davis mm. Love, who's the president's cup captain, uh, gave a pretty extensive interview to Golf Digest this week. And he said he believes that this week you're going to see a lawsuits filed on behalf of live players against the PGA to allow them to play in the FedEx Cup, which starts not this week. The Wyndham is the final uh, tournament where everybody tries to qualify for what, top 125. But the following week, that's when the PGA FedEx Cup starts. And that's where the big, big money is, as we all know. So look, you know, watch this space, but there could be legal action coming pretty soon and it all come to a head. <clears throat> What, what Davis Loves is convinced that the live golf players believe that they're going to be allowed to play on the PGA right. Tour through legal action, period. Um, Pope, really good stuff. Anyways, uh, congrats to Heinrich Stinson, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. The number That's 173 awesome. golfer in the world who has not been in the top 10 in, in three years on the PGA Tour. Golf clap. Great fucking job. You lost your Ryder Cup captaincy to Luke Donald this week as well. By the way, if if, nice if, job, Tony, if Tony Fino wins like two or three more, he's not all of a sudden going to become a superstar. Yeah. It's, it, it's right. actually not a good look. more of a mockery out of the PGA. He needs to stop winning now. It's not a good look. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just well, can't. I don't know why you would say that. That's just be, a flippant comment. I just don't know, though. I mean, Pope, I, I just Scheffler was three years ago, but I just think the idea that that the PGA is better off without DJ and Bryson and Kepka and and all these guys. I'm not I saying mean, that they're better off at all. I'm just saying that Liv is not going to win this war long term. See, I think Pope. Here's where I think you're a hundred percent right. Oh, the wow. reason to hate Liv is is, is where I agree with you. We because all agree I, with that. I don't. I, yeah, but I don't buy into this slippery slope argument. It's to me, it's like apartheid. Either you're down with divestiture, or you make the argument, oh well, there are other people doing stuff here and there, and there are other countries oh, that are bad. Blah blah blah. Wait Look, a minute. So the, 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 are you down with divestiture? That's not. That's wait a minute, did, Rooster. Did you watch the Hungarian Grand Prix yesterday? I, listen, I you, you go are to you Starbucks saying that you, you didn't support you didn't support getting shell out of out of uh, South Africa in the eighties and nineties? Okay, wait, we're talking well, about I, right now. I'm, talk, I'm saying you have to take a stand seven, sometimes. I was in seven. And there's a grade, difference but... between Starbucks having some ties to a country and the actual country itself that chopped some dude's head off. There's wow. a difference. So, so much, I think I think so much you have for to you being a, a supporter of Man City, Rooster. I think you have to take a stand. Um, but I disagree with Brian in, in the sense that they have unlimited funds. They're not going anywhere. They're going to have television soon, and they're just going to keep snowballing. Who's going to get do stronger and stronger and stronger? It, CBS, well, yeah, NBC, well, they and have fair, what is it? Have a nine, not there just they have play. a $9 billion deal with the PGA Tour. This is the first year of a six-year $9 billion deal. So it's going to be Fox or nobody, right? Somebody will do a deal. Doesn't matter. They'll figure it out. They've got they're getting Faraday's just the first guy they're gonna get. I want Rooster to announce on the Jubilee pod that he is divorcing Man City today. That's right. Man City is not a country. They're owned by Saudi Arabia. Well, 
I'm 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 denouncing Saudi Arabia it's, oh. for their actions. But, but look, I still want your hundred dollars. Like I, I said, I, I my analysis is based on the golf. It's not based on other things. No, that we right, can talk right. about. Let's be clear here. This is about the 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 game of golf for Pope. This is not about Saudi right, Arabia. Right. Right. So every this time is, somebody goes no, no, over, I could like talk when about when Cam that. Smith goes over, you're going to say, "Oh, he was a has been a nobody." And I want right. no, Saudi Arabia. I want Saudi Arabia. This is look, just about and, the and, golf. And and and. Norman is already kind of laying the groundwork for some big names coming after the after the uh, PGA Champion Tour Championship on uh, August twenty eighth, which is the last of the season. Um, so you know, it, maybe it's Cam, maybe it's Adam Scott. I, you know, the Austin's Aust- who knows. I'm just oh, saying. I, if I you think it's a done it, deal. I think Cam's a done deal. I think I think it's in the contract. It starts after the tour. They're just not going to announce it yet. He's already signed with Liv. And Guarantee everything it. changes. I mean, look, Guarantee it. You, you have you have the game of golf that we all, or at least me, really love, which is the competition <laughs> and <laughs> making the cut <laughs> and playing on the weekend. It's such a big deal, right? And legacy is major championships. Right. Now you have, you're creating the fucking Harlem Globetrotters is what you're doing, which is an exhibition team that people go, well, let, let me take their kids and they enjoy it. That's but it. Pope, let me, but Pope, let me ask you. I mean, seriously, we got to move on. But I do want to. Oh say no, this let's not move on. Because I I, two weeks, I sort, <laughs> I sort of jokingly led into this talking about the grumpy old white guy, you know, segment of the pod. But, but you know, I, I, uh, I actually played yesterday. Uh, you could call it that. It was more live than PGA. If if Pope, you know, keep Pope's theories alive. But I, we were te- we were paired up with two young guys, like 22, just out of college. And one of them was actually trying to break into the sports television production industry and was really into it. And I asked him, what do you think about, about the live stuff in the PGA? And he was like, yeah, I mean, this is what young people want to see. They're more interested in this kind of, you know, the, the 54 holes. They don't want to watch, you know, four days of golf. They don't have the attention span. They want to see the team aspect. It's a lot more fun. And, you know, we've read articles about the future golf being fucking top golf, you know, in a lot. I mean, there's those articles exist out there that talk about it. So, I mean, isn't some of this you, you're just holding on to the past? I mean, we talk about how baseball hasn't changed well, and it's say, down in the dumps. Baseball. And that's right. And so and so isn't golf, be it from an external force, being forced to change and at least try some new things but you, out. But you could sit there and you, you, watch you a baseball game in two and a half hours. It's tough to be a couch potato from Thursday through Sunday. Right. Watch a golf tournament. That's right. just tough. Well, but you're not watching 162 games either. I mean, you're you're watching selected games just like you watch. Selected I'm talking about one golf tournament. It's hard for me to dedicate Thursday through Sunday to sit on my ass and do nothing but watch a television. It's just. It's just yeah, hard to that, do that. Yeah. Live, well, look, just you, the you, weekend. Whatever, whatever the live thing becomes, and maybe it morphs into something different down the line, call it whatever you want. But to me, it's not what golf is as we knew it and as we, you know, enjoy talking about it. It's just not. So we'll call live the majors and the PGA, the minors. No, I don't, I don't think that, so. Is look, that where it's going? Look, <laughs> hey, so. 
it's probably you, time to you've move made on. this uh, angry white man a self-fulfilling time, time to here. move on let's not <laughs> let any of this discussion take away from heinrich's win okay <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right anything else on that i'm sure i am certain something tells Don't me give we me have the not mic. heard the last of this no. uh, all right well if nothing else on that that leads us into the punchable face of the week. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. And I, I got one. I got one. I mean, look, we, we we talk F1 on here, and week after week after week, the storyline is the same. Ferrari snatches defeat from the jaws of victory, and yesterday at the Hungarian Grand Prix, it was just more of the same. Ferrari goes into the weekend P2 and P3, really, the only way they weren't one and two was that George Russell from Mercedes ripped off one of the most ridiculous laps of his career uh, to, to take the pole position on Saturday in qualifying. But Ferrari was well positioned. I, I think, you know, most people you listen to now say that Ferrari has the fastest car. Uh, out there, and, and they say that it's faster than Red Bull, um, and that Charles Leclerc is every bit the driver Max Verstappen is, and and has no problem, you know, hunting him down and making the moves. I guess the only difference between them is a little bit of the moxie that comes with being the world champion at this point. But man, it just feels like every week those Ferrari drivers are getting let down, and 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 you know. The more you watch F1, the more you realize it really truly is a team sport, even though, you know, the drivers are out there and they're standing up uh, on the podium. Uh, but there's so much that go into building these cars and getting them ready for the different tracks and the different weather conditions. Yesterday, the strategy by Ferrari was just laughable. I mean, laughable. They The, the temperature changed so drastically from a lot of the practice sessions and it was much cooler. You know, the, you listen to both the, the track was cooler and the air temperature was going down. Everybody knew the hard compound tires were not going to respond well to those temperatures. And yet Ferrari brings in Charles Leclerc and puts him on the hard tires with like, I don't know, like, what was it, like 38 laps to go? When he they was doing great. When he was doing great. And it, look, it was so bad, you know, at the end of the, after the race is over, a lot of times they show the little, like the green room where the three podium guys get a, get a bottle of water and chill out before they actually go up onto the podium. And every once in a while you hear them talking a little bit and they always turn the mic off at some point, but they literally, you had, you had uh, Max and Lewis who no love lost between the two of them, Max and Lewis and George Russell in there. And they're like, what was Ferrari doing on the hards? Like they, they were laughing at it. They literally were laughing about it. I don't Ferrari, you know, Benatti, whatever the guy, whatever his name is. I think I said that wrong, but Benatti, you guys Benato. are the punchable face of the week for sure, because you are failing 
your two really good drivers and there's just you've sucked the life out of them and it's really sad even even for ferrari which is kind of like the death star for long term you know long time f1 fans ferrari is the death star they're the yankees but i mean it is really a shame watching this and so they they're my punchable face of the week because they just cannot get out of their own way did you see Bonotto walk out with about 10 yeah. laps to go? Yeah, he had to go to the yeah. bathroom. He had to go to the bathroom. Oh, please. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you the, didn't know what we, to do. You remember the week before, Science was passing somebody on a hairpin curve, and his engineer's going, box, box, in his ear while he's making the pass. Yes. I mean, they're just, they're completely, oh, uh, you know. And the week before that, his car caught on fire. Yeah. yeah. Literally caught uh, on fire. Any other team would have fired their principal last year. I don't know why this guy keeps his job. Yeah. Punched in the face. Any other punchables? All right. Do we have a lasso calling all lassos? Anyone? No. Two weeks in a row without a lasso? What? Maybe we just Oof. give it to Bill Russell. Yeah. Let's give it to yeah, Bill that Russell. Yeah, that seems fitting. Bill Russell. That seems fitting. We're right. All right, guys. Anything else? Happy 75th. Trade, trade deadline. Uh, is tomorrow at 3.30, I think. Is that the right time? We just, yes. I, I guess the biggest trade we've seen so far was uh, Hater to the to the Padres for the Padres mm. reliever today. It looks like Hater's having a crappy year, and uh, the Brewers got back the Padres reliever and a prospect, I think. I don't really totally understand the trade, but that's, that's all. I think and, that's the uh, big one. Juan Soto to the oh, Don't start. Don't start. Oh, I didn't think don't you'd go start. to Tampa. That's crazy. Yeah, we'll hey, see. If our listeners aren't um, yet following us on TikTok, just so you know, after Rooster did his TikTok on Aaron Judge, he had about six home runs in the next three days. So just saying. Right. Check and it out. Br- and Bryce Harper followed us. Yes, Bryce Harper fans follow us. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good week. Like Congrats Harper. on 75, everyone. Yeah, big number. Week, big guys. number. Congrats. All right. Later. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT.
Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.